0: Welcome, friends, to another edition of the Chicago Land Yoga Teachers Podcast. My name is Paul Fowler, and today we interview Paula Bowie. I've known Paula for a while. She initially took the Blue Lotus Thai Massage training, and then I couldn't get rid of her. She stuck around, assisted, helped out, taught uh, that program for probably a couple years, and she is also a yoga teacher in town and an acro yoga teacher. Acro yoga is her jam it's the thing that she loves the most brings her the most joy and it shows in this interview she really um, she sells it let's just put it that way Um, one of the things she said is that her job is to remind people how to play and I love that idea so the 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 vocals are a little funky here hers actually sound really good she used a uh, uh, microphone Uh, earbud sort of situation. I just used my computer mic, which obviously doesn't sound so good. It's a little tinny. Um, So, But she sounds good, and that's what's really important, especially in these interviews. I want my guests to sound good. So without any further ado, here's Paula. Paula Bowie, welcome to the Chicagoland Yoga Teachers Podcast.
1: Thanks, Paul Fowler. Good to see you. Good to see you, too.
0: Over the Zoom. So it's, this has been, you and I go back a long way in, um, in the Thai massage world. And did I, did I know you before Thai massage, or is that, did I meet you through Thai massage? No,
1: we met through Thai massage. I was doing work study at Moksha, where you were. Okay. And it was like a Friday night and there, there you were, we were, I think we just started talking because I, I, I remember. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I gave you like a, it was a session and drove you to like a friend of yours house or something.
1: I think you did. Yeah. I think you did.
0: Yeah. yeah. I remember. So tell us about your, uh, your journey into yoga. I mean, you're, you're obviously a yoga teacher, acuro yoga. What else do you do? But are those are the, those are the main things, but
1: Pract like movement wise practice wise or like job wise money wise
0: <laughs> uh, i would say yeah like as far as teaching wise
1: mm, yeah yeah just the yoga the acro yoga um yeah that's that's been what i've been doing for a bit and then after doing your program took a couple of years to just digest that and then i started teaching a little bit of thai body work and therapeutic flying more God. interesting not more interesting but like fun upside down stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. Was your, of those three things, was yoga the first thing that you entered? entered it you?
1: was, it was, it was not the thing that I was most interested in doing though. The acroyoga is actually the thing that I wanted to do most. Um, so the only reason why I did yoga teacher training was to do acroyoga teacher training. That was one of the prerequisites um, back huh. then.
0: Mm-hmm. So you had heard about acroyoga yoga. At the same, at about the same time, you learned about yoga. Uh,
1: no, I actually learned about yoga and started practicing. Maybe when I was fifteen, um, I was looking into different diets. So I was looking at a plant-based diet and what that felt like and looked like. And I was doing a bunch of reading and and somehow I, I read this thing that said that oh, a lot of people who practice vegetarianism like also practice yoga or this is one other way to be mindful about what you put into your body and how you move your body is through yoga. So yeah, that was around like 15 or 16 years old. And and right around that time is when I first took my, when I took my first yoga class, I was in Miami. Um, And it's interesting because I went into this studio and uh, I walk in and there's maybe like 15 or 20 people and all of them must've been older than 50 or 60 it was it was very interesting it was fascinating and then at some point maybe like halfway through class the teacher says okay headstand like and I was like baffled I'm like looking around the room and and seeing how how people just like easily like go and and get inverted and and I was I was shocked and amazed and I feel like that really at the time like broke down all these like stereotypes that we have of like older people's bodies and what they can do and realizing like wow we're, we're capable of of such interesting things and then I was I was kind of hooked I, I practiced for a little bit in Miami but it was hard because there were only like one or two yoga studios open at that time
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and then yeah came back into a yoga practice maybe when I was in high school and college a little bit but wasn't super serious about practicing yoga until I started and saw acroyoga yeah
0: Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it is really interesting how, like, at 15 years old, when everybody looks so old, <laughs> yeah. if a 50-year-old probably looks so ancient, right? So, like, and then to see them do this thing, is like, wow. Yeah. Or I, don't know, I don't know if it's humbling, but like interesting, I guess for you,
1: huh? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is, this is yoga. Like, Oh, this is, this is cool. <laughs> like I want to do some yoga. Like I want to be able to do, I want to be able to do that. You
0: know? Yeah. Did you yeah. start, like you said, you weren't like practicing regularly or anything like that.
1: I wasn't. No, I, I bought like a DVD at the time. It was like MTV yoga and I would practice uh, in my room, like maybe twice a week or three times a week. And then that was all I had until I went to Loyola and studied here in Chicago um, and then finally was able to do yoga at like the fitness center.
0: Obviously, you know, you started really early and a lot earlier than most people Or as far as whether both introduction to yoga and also vegetarianism and things, especially back then. That was, I mean, I feel like today it's a little bit more in the mindset of, of a teenager, mm-hmm. but maybe back then it was a little bit less where there was there. Something that like what led you to that I- idea
1: or... I had a teacher actually in high school who would talk on and on it was actually it was a world religions class, but he would talk quite a bit about um, the food industry and how we have no idea what we 're putting into our bodies, and that if we knew what we were putting into our bodies, we would be shocked and so he would show these I think documentaries about about food and and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, what is, what is this about? And, and um, was quickly learning and realizing that there's a, on both sides of my family, you know, there's a history of high blood pressure, high cholesterol. And so I'm like, okay, let me look into this a little bit more. And that's when I was seeing and, and realizing like, oh, people who, who don't eat meat, like generally don't have issues with having high blood pressure or high cholesterol. Like maybe this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when that, started to happen, like, okay, understanding that, like, I, I'm interested in living a long and, and, and healthy life, a full life, and, and in order to do that, um, this is one way that may be helpful for my body and for me.
0: Did you have support? like No. Really support, <laughs> things like that? No.
1: no. My grandmother, who's, who's Latina, and, and she's like, she's like you're going to die if you don't eat meat. Like, 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 this is not good for you. You're going to get very sick, and, uh, I think my dad settled on me too. Like everyone thought that like, oh, you're just going through a phase. Like you're going to get over it. You're going to, you're going to be eating meat again in a year and in, in two years. And like, even less than that, you know, like they, yeah. in their mind, like, oh no, like you're young, you'll change your mind. Or you have no idea like what you're talking about, which, right. is, which is interesting to like, oh wait, no, I actually did, <laughs> you know, like I'm pretty sure I actually, you know, wanted to, and to stick with what I'm doing. So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Like I, I feel like a lot of that was was not really questioning or being critical of, of just because we've been doing something for a very long time, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that we have to continue to do that thing for a long time. Yeah. You
0: know? mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Just questioning like, okay, maybe we can we can be a little bit more critical and mindful of this, which applies to many, many things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very uh It's a very thoughtful (laughs) (laughs) 15-year-old.
1: Yes, I like to be. Yeah,
0: and and you're still vegetarian.
1: I still am, yeah. Um, I'm questioning that more and more now, honestly. Like, I think that similarly to like, oh, just because I've been doing this for a long time, like what is, you know, how do I feel in my body? Right now I feel okay, but um, having learned a little bit more and seeing a little bit more of like my iron levels has me, questioning and thinking like wait is this good for me right now you know like for my future as well you know like everything else is clean but I need to think about this a little bit more so and and recognize maybe some changes might be useful yeah.
0: so is it typical for you to like think about things for a long time before you actually make a decision to do mm-hmm. something and then when you do it, you do it hardcore
1: yeah I think that's how I normally function yeah thinking about things and and then doing it yeah
0: so going to uh your acro yoga because that seems to be the thing that gives you the most joy i don't know juice or (laughs) pleasure or something yeah is that true
1: yes absolutely yeah Mm -hmm.
0: and and of course in this day of like zoom and covid and stuff like that that practice probably isn't like how Mm -hmm. are you still able to do it or what's what's your acro yoga
1: Personally, right now, I've had like a quarantine buddy that I am practicing with. I'm like really grateful to be able to have that. Um, But I know a a lot of people don't have access to like other people to be able to practice. So um, I personally have advocated and I'm also focusing on my own practice. Like, okay, if I want to get really good at doing a handstand on someone's hands, then I got to get really good at doing a handstand on my own. So I'm telling everyone that, you know, usually comes to my class is like, hey, like this is the time to work on yourself. <laughs> you Brilliant. know, if you want to be better in a relationship with someone else, you know, like a movement practice relationship. Um, but also like, you know, intimate relationship too. you got to do the work, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Brilliant. And yeah. so are you are you. A, actually teaching acro yoga classes on zoom that are not that are more uh, like solo based yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah not right now it is something that i'm looking at maybe in the future um but i've really honestly been dedicating a lot of this quarantine social distancing time as as a space to be a student so i've been being a student hardcore lately
0: yeah. got it yeah like tell, tell us a little bit about acro yoga a little bit yeah. more in other words where does it come from? Is there lineage? Um, is there spiritual practice that it's connected to? Is just physical practice? Are there different types? Like, give us kind of like a big picture view of acro yoga.
1: Yeah, so back when I did my teacher training in, what year, we're in 2020. I did my teacher training in 2000, I think it was 2013 or 2014. At that time, there were only two schools, like, formal, like, acroyoga schools where you could, you know, learn more about acroyoga and be certified to teach acroyoga. Um, and so those two schools had, had kind of different approaches, but similar. So one was a little bit more like creative practice, uh, that incorporated like dance and like flowy things. And that's acroyoga Montreal. And they're still in existence today and still producing teachers and acroyoga.org, which is where I did my teacher training they looked at Acra yoga, um just like slightly different, also like creative, but they really focused on like being able to teach beginners Acra yoga and also focused on the therapeutic practice. So they incorporate and teach you like therapeutic flying and Thai body work. So yeah. it's like the Acra yoga and enforcing that like, okay, this is a really challenging practice, like getting upside down and having control of yourself and someone else is challenging. So it makes sense to complement that with the softer practices of Thai and therapeutics. Um, so that's kind of what I gravitated more towards. So I ended up doing that teacher training, um, way back then, and then ended up teaching for like two or three years before deciding, okay, I'm ready to, to do a level two. So I went back and did more training and then have subsequently done more training because this is what we do when we're I don't know, like in love with the practice, like we, we hunger for more. So we go and we, we learn more and, and eventually do all the certification things necessary to be able to lead a three-day, um, elemental practice, you know, like a course of theirs for me, like my journey in seeing when I teach people aqua yoga, I feel like in a lot of ways I'm, I'm, I'm reteaching them or they're, they're relearning like how to play, you know, how to like, be silly um and how to let go of the control that we want every day in our life right like like yeah. everything that we have to do like like you're letting go of control you're you're allowing yourself to trust another person and in that process of trusting another person you're, you're having to like communicate with them you know in, in a way ideally that's like compassionate so this is something else that i'm teaching i feel like i'm teaching communication skills and i'm teaching play and and i'm teaching um people how to, you know, how to come back to, to that idea of, okay, like, like, we really are better when we're connected with other people. We really are better when we're in community and taking care of each other, you know, like the fact that you can't do akra yoga with one other person. Well, you can, you know, once you get a little bit more advanced, but the reality is, is as a beginner, you need a third person, which is a spotter and making sure that you don't die when you're doing this practice, you know, like, and you're safe and you're being careful. So um, yeah, I I think seeing people do that and seeing people lean into their fears, which I've seen many, many times, like lean into their fears of like, I don't know if I can trust the person underneath me. I don't know if I can trust myself. I have no idea where I am in space and upside down and, and seeing people like go through that journey for me has just been, it's been incredibly... I don't know rewarding and incredibly you know joyful to like okay this is my job like my job you know is to teach people how to play and to to remind people how to play you know and and let go of these these boundaries that we've created and you know and some people enjoy it and they love it and they come back and some people are like nope this practice is not for me which is perfectly fine you know mm-hmm. you know something else for them yeah
0: Really interesting. So, I mean, it's such a big practice. Yeah. Like, it's so big. I I always think of Thai massages being a big practice, too, in the sense of the feedback that you get from another person mm-hmm. and the sensitivity that you have to cultivate in order to be able to have a compassionate relationship with that person. Mm. It's, there's a piece of that in the acro, it sounds like. Yeah. And, Absolutely. but with the addition of you know, really facing fears and managing your anxiety. And I mean, there's a piece of that in time side, whenever you're working with somebody like, Mm -hmm. you know, how are they, am I hurting them? Is it, you know, like there is that, there is a little fear, there is a little management of anxiety that has to be done for sure. But something about acro yoga where it's just right in your face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and I remember
1: you, at some point when you were doing, um, uh, when you were teaching, maybe I was there assisting, I don't know if I was taking, and, and you were talking about how when you see a body or you're working on a body, like the body, you said specifically, like the body does not lie, you know? And it, and it definitely applies in Akira Yuga too. When, you, when you're lifting someone up in the air and holding someone up and supporting them, like, and their body is like tense and is not willing to like budge and is just like so rigid it's like it's very clear like okay like let's do something about this or how can we how can we change these you know circumstances so that this person feels a little bit more supported right whether it's coaching them through it and inviting them to you know take a breath inviting them to to eat to find ease in a part of their body you know so that they're able to to continue the movement or whatever it is that we're doing together.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Where the body and the mind are like, like it's so clear that it is, mm-hmm. it is the mind, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not, not, I mean, obviously not always, but like there's a such a big component of that that you have to overcome first before mm-hmm. you even get to the point where you understand whether it's the mind's limitations or whether it's the body's limitations yeah. and to know mm-hmm. the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. And acro yoga, it seems like, like the perfect kind of space to explore that idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for oh. sure.
0: So when you talk about therapeutic acro yoga,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, what do you mean by that? Like, how is that? Are you like, you know, are people telling you their, their childhood traumas while they're upside down? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. So it's very similar. So in the way that we are creating tension in our body, you know, when we're in a practice, when we're upside down, we can also find a lot of release, you know, in the body when you're upside down. So it's the same shape. So imagine like someone is supporting you and lifting you up and you're, you're in a back bend, you know, like that back bend can be like an acrobatic back bend where as a flyer, the person that's lifted is creating tension in their body and they're rigid and they're ready to like do another transition or it can be something that's a little bit softer and a little bit gentler for the body where the person that's flying, like will relax their body, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that quality of, okay, let's just, let's, let's, let's just hang out here for a moment. We're not going anywhere. We're just gonna hold this pose and we're just gonna breathe, you know? Like there's nothing that we're gonna do right now other than breathe and invite the person to feel supported through hands, through feet um, is powerful. You, yeah. know? And you take someone that's been hunched over a screen for eight hours a day and you yeah. put them upside down and you invite them to to relax on you, you know, is yeah. is really lovely to watch. Yeah.
0: yeah, very different than just like make this shape, then make this shape, then make yeah. this shape. Right. You're mm-hmm. really you're really um, it's it's a very intrin- internal, intrinsic mm-hmm. kind of like following that person's need in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. And then, working from that space and letting that space dictate if I have this right like that letting yeah. that space dictate the practice as opposed to some external idea of what um, what kind of forms you want to do for sure exactly as you s- scan in, into the your future or let's let's just say the future of acro yoga, the future of mm-hmm. yoga teaching how do you foresee a changing based on the current circumstances knowing that the current circumstances will end in a certain will end of course well hopefully um Mm. but uh but that there will be still some changes that happen and that that are carried with
1: yeah i feel like the the future of yoga is sponsored by zoom you know (laughs) like i feel like we're we're all gonna have to get used to like like teaching yoga online is not going anywhere you know like we're all gonna have to get used to this is is my sense because a lot of people still live with like immunocompromised people in their family or are essential workers or like for whatever reason like they're not going to be rushing back to the studios to go and practice you know um so I feel like for us it's just getting really used to like being in front of a screen and teaching in front of a screen and being able to see the people behind the screen and invite them to offer them to do, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. Um, I feel like as, as, as far as Acra yoga goes, like I haven't started imagining what that looks like actually until earlier today. It's funny I, in the past when people, maybe like even like two weeks ago, people are like, okay, what's going to happen? I'm like, Nope. Like, I am not doing it. I'm not going anywhere. Like, I am not teaching it. You know, like, it's just, I, I don't, I can't imagine myself doing that right now because of the state of the world right now in the United States, you know, and, and the cases and the rising, like, it's just, it feels irresponsible mm-hmm. to, to say that, to say like, okay, we're going to start on this date. You know, like, it's just, it's too soon. Um, personally, I feel. So earlier today, I was like, okay, what, what does that look like? I think that small, like very small group classes like a limited to limited to like maybe six or nine people you know where people come and if you're taking an acro yoga class you have a dedicated partner that you're working with and you're not you know working with other people um, and we're doing things that are either just going to be partner based so won't require a spotter and yeah we're keeping six feet apart I, I imagine that in something like that we would be outdoors in like a park You know, Mm -hmm. it's still, so June in Chicago, it's still nice. So, um, doing stuff outside until it gets cold. And then in which case I have no idea what, you know, what that's going to look like or what people would feel comfortable doing,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. What about when, like, let's say there's a vaccine and things are like back to quote unquote normal, right? Mm -hmm. How will, do you like, will, will the like what changes do you think will stick or what what do what yeah what what kind of what's that world going to look like i feel
1: like i'm i'm rushing to like okay let's just get back to the way that things were Mm
0: -hmm. but i feel
1: like that's just going to be hard and Mm -hmm. almost impossible to to go back to that you know like even now with with the work that i've been doing today i i found out that like a lot of people even just like who come to First descent or who, who are in the Chicagoland area have, have moved, you know, have left, you know, like it's, it's shocking and amazing. And also like, it, it was like a big, like wake up reality call of like, Whoa, like it's true that people have actually like taken this moment and taken advantage or taken opportunity to, to start somewhere else or realizing, you know, that they, they want to do something different with life. And, yeah. um, I feel like, okay, there's, there's a vaccine. My gut feeling is that we're still going to keep things fairly small. Like the, the days of having 20 people in class, you know, like I can't imagine that Mm. even with a vaccine, I'm like wondering, like, because I, I feel like people might not still feel comfortable with that. Mm. You know, like I might be wrong, you know, but my sense is, that's a lot of people still, you know. Well,
0: and they will be more comfortable with the Zoom classes. So yeah. like it kind of like jumpstarted our comfort level with uh, technology that we didn't Absolutely. know very much about before.
1: Yeah. I was talking to some students who, who have been really enjoying practicing at home, you know, because they don't have to worry about going into yoga studio. They don't have to worry about what p- other people around them are doing or intimidated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's interesting to like, okay, cool. You're really enjoying this, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering the, uh, the, the social justice movement that's happening right now is, mm-hmm. is there a place for yoga? Is there a place for acro yoga? Do you, have you, have you thought about those things? Like what, yeah, what's the place, what can mm-hmm. they, what can they do? What can they offer?
1: Yeah. I've thought about like, what does a more inclusive yoga practice look like? You know, like, what does, what does it mean to have an inclusive acro yoga practice or class or community? And one of the last conversations I actually had with, with uh, a group of people in the Chicago Acro yoga community was, okay, how can we start to um, reimagine what our classes look like? Like even so, so for example, like when you come into one of my acro yoga classes, um, we, come, we gather, we sit down, we start in a circle, very much like kindergarten or first grade. Um, and we go around and we share our names, we share how we're feeling in our bodies. And then maybe one question that I have, like, I don't know, like, when, what did you have for breakfast or something like that? Um, I think that in the future, it's going to be something like, okay, your name, how you're feeling and, and take a moment to just reflect on everything that it took for you to be here right now, you know, and recognize that wellness you know that that going to a fitness class or even going to a fitness gym is is a privilege right like the fact that you're able to afford a gym membership or a, a class membership or a yoga studio membership the the fact that you're able to take time off from whatever work you're doing the fact that you you know have maybe already hired a, a sitter or don't need a sitter you know the fact that you the way that you get to this gym whether it's public transportation or or you drive or you take the train however it is right. Taking a moment to just reflect on, on that privilege of like, okay, like Mm -hmm. this is, this may not have been as easy for someone else, you know, and Mm -hmm. recognize that and, and just meditate on that for a moment, um, before we, before we start. And I think also making, this practice more accessible in that it's not just offered in in where I teach in these parts of the cities but being able to to go to other parts um of the city of course wherever I would feel like invited or or welcome or I feel like I would want to be invited by a community rather than saying like okay let's put Aprio here in this community you know so that it's more more like quote-unquote accessible right um I think that I see more like yoga, it's, it's happening now, actually, one yoga studio in, in, in Chicago so far has changed their model from like, okay, we're not going to charge 20, for example, $25 for a drop-in. We are going to transition into a pay-what-you-can model, mm-hmm. which has been really exciting to see, you know, people and businesses seeing and recognizing that, okay, this, this practice needs to be like truly like more accessible for people. And that's not going to happen unless we change our model, you know. Um,
0: and yet, so really cool. like, how do you do that and still mm-hmm. survive? Sur- mm-hmm. Yeah, as a teacher, as a yoga teacher who are like mm-hmm. barely making ends meet to begin with, right? True, yeah. So, very true. But you're right. I mean, the, the, the model, like, what is, you know, one of the things that one of my teachers talks about a lot is this idea that he, he, he strongly recommends against us making our living from a healing modality yeah because when you start doing that then it's very easy to kind of forget that the main, you know that the reason that you're doing it is to alleviate suffering yeah. like that's that's 100% of what you're doing and when you start needing to do that practice in order to make money mm. then there there's like around the edges of the of the you know, wanting suffering, you know, you start, oh, I want another client, you know, but if you want another client, like, say so you're doing time massage, that means you want somebody to be hurt,
1: suffering and hurting yeah, or suffering
0: in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. So like just that wish for like, oh, I want another client can be a little bit uh, tricky. And so if you have a, a, a job that pays you enough to get by on kind mm-hmm. of like, even if you'd be within the community, but maybe it's like, you know, you're the manager at, uh, you know, First Ascent, for instance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something yeah. like that, right? So you're, you're able to have a job that pays you enough money so that when you're teaching yoga, acro, all those other kinds of modalities, then you're doing it in a way that's like more pure, I guess. You're
1: for saying. sure. Yeah. I've been really blessed and just lucky to be able to have different gigs uh in the last I don't know like four or five years that I've not worked full-time for anyone you know um enough gigs where whenever I go into an acroyoga or yoga class like I never feel like I'm working never maybe well okay maybe maybe never not maybe like twice in the last five years that I felt like going into a class you know where I feel like what am I doing here you know like I feel tired or I feel like ah like I don't want to do this you know like it hasn't happened often because I've been lucky enough to have other sources of income where teaching yoga and teaching this practice is not my only source of income, you know?
0: Right. Because then it's like, Oh, there's only five students. Shit. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. I need 10, you know, yeah. whatever, yeah. that sort of energy. Yeah. Um, great. What are, what are your, uh, you're your manager, first ascent, right? Uh, the, I'm a
1: yoga uh, coordinator. Yeah. So I, I manage, coordinate. I manage the yoga program at, at FA at all of their locations and, you know, doing the transition to zoom and the hiring and, and all of that of teachers. Um, and then I also do freelance interpreting, you know, like Spanish interpreting for other nonprofits, other organizations, educational ones. Um, and uh, what else do I do? I do some Thai body work, not a whole lot, um, but I do some, and, and I do a little bit of, of teaching of, of teaching workshops. Um, so, that's been, it's been really interesting to have like all of these different things. And then there's a yoga and then there's the acro yoga. Um, so it's been pretty cool to have, to have all of that, like sustaining me you know, and feeding me. You know.
0: And you feel like even in this time of even in this time of quarantine that, uh, or, or self-isolation or, or stay at home, you're still finding that you're doing a, variety of things and you're you're getting nourished by all kinds of different uh, Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah.
1: it does I feel like I am like so before quarantine started I I took a moment took several moments to to sit down and journal and think about all of the things that I want to do like all of the things that are interesting to me that I want to learn more about um, practices that I feel will be really necessary to keep me grounded So I I wrote down all of those things and and sure enough, it it turned out to be somewhat of like a a plan, you know, like, okay, this is your, your plan. These are the things that you don't have to do, but that you know that you, you want to do and that you know that make you feel good and and make you feel like a functioning person, you know, where I feel, you know, more whole or more grounded so that I'm able to better support the people around me, the community around me. So I, I think really quite honestly, sticking to that plan has, has helped keep me sane and, um, has helped keep me feeling good. And, mm-hmm. and I'll, I think I had maybe one day of, of quarantine where I felt bored and I think that was over after like an hour, <laughs> 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 but for the yeah. most part, like it's, it's been, yeah, it's been yeah. okay. Yeah.
0: Have you picked up any new, um, Skills or yeah? Is, have you, do you have a quarantine skill that you've you've acquired? I've started learning how to juggle,
1: Paul Fowler. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> I have. Are you you're kidding, right? No, I'm not kidding. Look, um, I don't have. I mean, obviously, people who are watching this can't see, but look, I have a club. Look, have, oh, you're have, juggling I have, clubs. I have two clubs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you know that I'm learning how to juggle too? Stop. Really? No, I've been taking classes. <laughs> Swear to God, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to practice.
1: That's amazing. Okay, we're gonna yeah, just do like a
0: thing where we you throw the clubs at me and I throw. I love the it. At you. Isn't
1: that such a great practice? Juggling, isn't that Super great? Super fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. See, we have almost the okay. same name.
1: Almost the same name.
0: We do like the same thing, kind of. Except I don't do acro <laughs> yoga. Uh,
1: you don't? Not <laughs> yet. No.
0: Not yet. Not yet. One of <laughs> these <best> days. <laughs> yeah indeed yeah oh
1: <laughs> mm. ah, okay
0: good is was there anything else that you wanted to uh, add that you feel like you need to sh- or you would like to share with the audience
1: mm. no I don't I don't think that there's anything that I want to share right now other than um maybe the the importance of uh of play like the importance of of community right and what does that well even just like thinking for yourself like what does that mean like what does that what does play mean for me and is, and why have I only thought about that as something that you know 10 year olds do right and mm-hmm. and what does a a community mean to me you know that that supports me or you know that I support right I, I feel like now more than ever like we need to remember that we need each other you know yeah. that we can't do this alone yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to end it. That's like oh, masterful, almost.
1: <laughs> nice. I'm glad. You should.
0: You should. You should do a. You should do a podcast.
1: <laughs> Let's do this again. We, we should co-host a podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. We should yeah. co-host a podcast. Paul, Let's Paul. do it. <laughs> I like it. Maybe every once in a while we'll have Paul White's join us too. Just oh,
1: what a great three a
0: Paul with an yeah. on.
1: He can do music for us or something.
0: Yeah. But like, like DJ. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paula. Well, it's been really lovely talking to you. And, it's been uh, so
1: good talking to you too, Paul Fowler.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: We'll see you. Uh, see you soon.
0: I'll see you
1: soon. Bye. <laughs>